What's up, Accelerators? Welcome to Normalize It, the show where we speak about and explore the business of disability inclusion and accessibility. I'm your host, Cam Baudouin, and on each episode, I'll be interviewing leaders, professionals, and people with lived experiences, and we'll be discussing the challenges, successes, and strategies on how to make this world a more inclusive place. As you know, many organizations are still trying to figure out disability inclusion through a trial and error method. That's inefficient. Stick around to the end of the show to find out how we can fix that. So whether you're an advocate, entrepreneur, business owner, stakeholder, VP, or just someone who's interested in the world of disability inclusion, this show is for you. Let's dive into it. Tim, how's it going? Good. How are you, Cam? Fantastic. Fantastic. First off, like, what do we need to know either about you or about the team that you run uh, as a baseline before we start the conversation here? I'm prime military or still serving actually in the reserve. So I I come to it with a little different, I I was looking for a mission when I came here. Right. So I I needed, this was, this was important to me because I I always want to fight for people. Right. And I came to it not from an engineer standpoint or design standpoint, but from a a holistic piece, Mm -hmm. but with the understanding too, that I don't know engineering or design. That's not my, that's not my expertise. So I wanted to bring people in to that conversation that can answer those questions and that can think outside the box. So that's that's where we level set, and that's how like we we went into stakeholders understanding that I was in digital transformation before this. Okay, I saw a lot of change in digital transformation, but I also saw how how we didn't do a good job right. bringing that in. How how there's some there's some missteps in there. So how do we continue to move and bring these things when it comes to change, when it comes to cultural change into an organization and a company that needs to move quickly, but you have to set a foundation as well. So we had to think outside the box and we had to move quick at it. Yeah, you know, I've met a lot of people now who come from, let's say, non-traditional accessibility backgrounds. I know like even for myself, like I used to be a developer before I got started. and But I've met people who were, you know, agile coaches and they were agile coaches for 30 years and then they went mm-hmm. into accessibility. And the perspective of someone who approaches this in a different way is so healthy for this industry. It's so it's so healthy. I think that people who have kind of gone up through the ranks of like junior developer, accessibility developer, and you know, you kind of climb like that. You know, I approach it like, well, let me fix this tech, like these little technical things. But it's when I started to learn more about that, like high level perspective of how does an organizational uh, organization want to, to approach this problem? It changed the game for me. It like totally changed the game. Honestly, that's what changed it for me is when I came into this and I started thinking about how do I tell this story and how do I get buy-in? I didn't think of it as a technical level. I thought of it from my army standpoint is what is my commander? What does the, the colonel want to know in this when I walk into that conversation? What's going to surprise him? And so I stopped thinking from the tactical standpoint and started thinking from the leadership standpoint mm-hmm. so that when I walk into these rooms, I usually have most of the questions that they're going to ask yeah. already thought through so that I can, we've already got a plan for it. We come in with a fully baked plan knowing that I also need to move quickly and change direction because it, you have to. If you if you can't as an organization, as a company, decide to change very quickly, you're not going to keep up. And that's the hardest part that we've had to do is as accessibility, you want to bake it in from the very beginning, right? You've yeah. got, you, you're, you're trying to, to do this thing and it, if you don't, it's much harder to modify that car later down the road because we just cut the top off and now we want to weld it back on. It doesn't work like that. Right, right. So how, how do we build a foundation and move quickly down the road? So we're changing tires on a car that's driving down the road. Yeah. And so you have, you have to balance that. So it's, it's a balance of moving quickly, but setting a foundation as well and thinking 
thinking outside that box so that you can do that. Yeah, I like what you said there about like, you know, you already know what's going to surprise, you know, your leadership team before, you know, before they do, right? Like, and I, and I think that's so absolutely critical. I remember in my experience back in the days, we'd implemented some like development package that had a security flaw inside, okay? And I went to my, like the executive leader later and I said, oh, what did you think about this? And they said, we didn't even know about it. We're trying to sol solve problems for the client that they don't even know about yet. You know, we don't have time to worry about all these like little technical things. Like that's for someone else to worry about like you, not for people like me. And I think that as we start to elevate the conversation and go towards, you know, leadership go towards stakeholders who may be, you know, or probably are funding projects that we're a part of, you know, getting their buy-in at their level for what they want to hear is just so critically important um, uh, in, in this conversation. It definitely is. Yeah. And now like thinking about Dell, Dell is a huge company, you know, massive global company. It's got to do it at scale. Talk about some of the challenges because i don't think a lot of people have experience dealing with you know global organizations or you know i don't know how many employees does Zell have 50,000 60,000 uh, it's like way it's like way more than that yeah it's way more than that i've talked to a lot of people across the industry right and 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 what's interesting is we're all coming across the same problems and we're trying to solve the same problems i think growing growing this in a way that's scalable is is difficult and here's Here's the key, and I think this goes back to your original question, is what do we need to do to establish that first with leadership? We can't do it alone, mm -hmm. right? So this is, how do we scale it is, is the engineers and the designers. The, the product teams are how you're going to scale that. You're not going to scale it with, with and this is, the, this is probably the difficulty in accessibility industry a lot. There's one person working on an accessibility team somewhere, right. or there's two people, but you've got to do it as a team, and you've got to do it as not just an engineer, designer, and a product manager, but as a leader as well. So when you develop that, that teamwork organization and go through those things, I don't have to answer all the questions, but I, need to, I, I know who to go find them, as well as how do we go solve for some of those things? Because the biggest thing with leadership buy-in is it's not, hey, do we need to do this? We can tell that story all day long and people will buy in like, we have to do this because it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Like we see, we see the impact. It's the, how do we do this in a way that doesn't impact the teams so drastically? And that's been, I think that's been one of the biggest pieces is, we don't want to overwhelm teams with how much work is coming out of accessibility. Mm -hmm. What we want to do is scale that into how do we educate them and how do we get them working on their own and not be so dependent on us. And that's how you scale it is decentralize the dependency mm -hmm. in there and, and give that work back, give ownership and work back to those product teams or those engineering development teams that are doing that work. Because if you don't do that, you're never going to catch up. Right. Yeah, I've always thought about like bringing people onto my side of the table, right? Like finding the allies and bringing them onto my side is just so, it's probably 70 or 80% of the work that I do. Like we can have all the technical knowledge possible, but one person alone can't fix an entire web. Like you can't fix everything. Like it, it's, it's just impossible. I'm going to need to leverage other people at some point. And in my journey or in our journey as professionals, I say, you know, when people come and ask me like, how do I become an accessible professional? How do I go and like change my organization? What I say is the best thing you can do is go get a promotion. Go get a promotion. Go find out how you can lead people at a larger scale, like uh, like across people. Because then if you become a people leader, all the team members underneath you are guaranteed going to do things accessibly because you're, you're an accessibility professional, right? You're not going to let anything slide underneath them. Any thoughts around that? Well, you become an influencer at the right. end of the day. And it's the, with my team, I call it breaking the glass. When I walk into a conversation where you've got people who, maybe aren't bought in or just don't know because there's just people that don't know. 
once you break the glass, you can't unbreak that glass. They can't unsee what they what you just showed them in these right. pieces. They can't unhear it. They can't un understand. So breaking that glass and getting them to start asking questions and building that partnership. Stakeholders are key in this piece, and partnership is key because the other thing is every team operates a little differently, and mm -hmm. it's hard to develop one solution for one team when you know it's not going to work for the other team. So being flexible in that, once again, being flexible and able to change quickly is is ideal in this world, especially when we're talking about digital transformation, we're talking about how fast our world is changing when it comes to technology mm -hmm. and when it comes to how we're engaging our customers. We're talking about AI, we're talking about AR, we're talking about ML, all of these things that are impacting us that are good, hopefully, for the industry and for our customers. But AR is, a, you know, we haven't even talked about AR and, and jumping into those spaces and how do we how do we do those things accessibly? So, right. but there's there's a lot of good things with Xbox and some other things that are people are starting to look at and do that are that are making strides in, in jumping into accessibility and making things more inclusive that way. Yeah, yeah, I say like welcoming that flexibility you know like i i seek out like that that's to me that's chaos that we want to be jumping into not jumping away from when when people say they don't understand why in my mind that's let's let's go figure out why they feel so uncomfortable about this and let, let's jump into mm -hmm. that right like that should be our cue to say you know we can make that change inside there and and i and i am very empathetic towards a lot of other accessibility people or a lot of other professionals who get frustrated about always repeating that same story over and over and over again uh but i think that's kind of part of what the industry is all about i love that that's the piece for me i love going into a room where nobody really they they think they understand they don't know and we get to talk to them about it because you see the light bulbs come right. on. You get to right. go, oh, and then that's when all the questions come. And it also gets to be over because, you know, you open up the, the WCAG piece of that and, and go and people start to get overwhelmed. I'm like, no, 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 we're on this journey with you. And that's the piece is partnership is, is key to that is we're not here to give you a bunch of work. We're here to help you walk through that. And and here's here's the steps. Here's the baby steps you can do to get there. And here's how we're going to help work those pieces. And then what can we do technology wise? What are the things that are coming out that we're learning about that we can move the needle? I'm really curious about AI and how that's going to come with changing code and what we can do accessibility code. Uh, I think it'll be a game changer once it really once it really rolls out. But I love telling that people people may get tired of that. That's one of my favorite things because it's it's the easiest thing that we can do. Right. Right. I love that. I like, I love that. And yeah, I'm excited for AI as well. Uh, seeing what, uh, you know, there's a couple really neat things, you know, imagine if we had a database full of code that we know was perfectly accessible and that's all we could like check against say AI review this code. That'd be pretty cool stuff. I mean, like things are coming down there. Switching it up to like your, t the team itself, the accessibility team, either at Dell or kind of when you're building a team of higher performers or, or of like accessibility professionals, what are you looking for when, when you're, you know, looking to add to your team or, or uh, bringing someone new on? I just had this conversation with somebody and I'm, I'm a high, I'm a hard hirer. It's hard for me. I go into interview and I've, I've talked to a lot of fantastic candidates, but I'm looking for something else. We can find great engineers. We can find people that have been doing accessibility for 10 or 20 years, but I'm looking for somebody. Part of the piece that I'm looking for is like, I can't, I don't know that I can put words on it. There's a spirit about somebody yeah. that they have that you're like, that's what I want. There's enthusiasm around not only engineering, but accessibility. I need the, each of these team members to be approachable. I want the rest of the company to want to come to them to ask questions and need to come to them. Right, because they're the ones that are going to be in the trenches with everybody, like getting dirty in the in in the technical world to try to help them solve these problems and 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 rubbing elbows with them. So I always tell the team, like you're you're the ones building the bridges. You've got to do that. And I need people who are approachable in that 
path and can continue to do that. And that's a lot of people have that, but sometimes you, you start hiring people that you need to make sure your team melds together as well. Right. So developing that team. And I can say the team that, that we started with probably on day two felt like they've been working together for, for a decade. They were really great. They, they worked hard together and they, they knew how to go do stuff. So finding people that, and finding people that are flexible. Like I, I think outside the box, we've got to do things differently. We've got to be able to, and everybody, I think, in accessibility engineering has that idea in their head that they mm -hmm. want to go. Oh, this is that this is that crazy innovative idea I want to do. Is like, well, let's go try that. Let, let's go do those things and see. And you have to get them excited about it, and they yeah. need to understand your excitement for it as well. And that's how you get them on board. You continue. My job is to get out of their way and just support them and let them do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big proponent of like, why can't accessibility be fun? Why can't we make this fun and enjoyable to do? You know, the doom and gloom that kind of comes along with it is, you know, there's a time and place for it. Like, I'll admit, there's a time to, to use the stick, but there's a time that the carrot just works so much better too. And, you know, if we're only ever bringing up the stick, then that's really hard to to get motivation or, or anything beyond just the immediate compliance. Like, I'll just do the thing and then I'm done. Like, no, we got to make this fun. We got to make this, you know, uh, you said um, like enthusiastic. We need people who are enthusiastic about wanting to change. And that's going to be setbacks. It's going to be like, you're not going to win every single time. But man, you go in and with, a, with a good attitude. And I don't like coming in and saying good attitude because it sounds like that's like all we're pushing is good attitude and positive men a lot. But I mean, there's a good that's that's a big part of it. That's such a big part of it. For the first year and a half, we didn't say the word compliance. I don't like the word compliance because it it, it pushes the stick piece out there, right? And I want people, if you're going to get product teams to change in culture, they're going to have to change in culture, not because you've brought out the stick, but because they understand why they do it. I br I've brought people in, we've brought team members in with different abilities to be like, hey, are you proud of the product you just made with their experience and what's happening right. there? And it makes people very uncomfortable right, because right, now right. they're accountable to that. So bringing in accountable pieces is a, is a huge piece of that. But I don't like the word compliance and we work hard not to say that. Yeah. If we do, I'm the one that has to say it and I let the team go out and build those bridges. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm big on the question why, you know, and, and when I find somebody who's maybe a bit resistant to to, you know, anything in this industry, you know, I sit them down and I just say like, so what does disability mean to you? And I sit and I just let them sit there like that. And I want to hear them say, talk about, you know, depression that they've experienced. I want them to talk about their family members, about who may have ADHD. I want to hear them talk about something relevant. And then I know the lever to pull when we talk about something, right? When I need to sit them down and say, hey, how would your cousin with ADHD be able to use this or like you know you're they're, they're trying to make their way through this job application how would your son who is has a big vision impairment how would they navigate how would he navigate through this this tool this system and that makes it really personal and really relevant and that's the lever that's the lever that i can then use to move the conversation forward i'm not talking about manipulation I'm not talking about anything like that just like it's it's the lever that makes it relevant to them and then you know developing allies like that Yep. No, absolutely. And that's, that's the transparency piece. And the thing I didn't talk about ago is the transparency of we can't be afraid to fail in that. And that's the thing that we've got to go back to the drawing board every time. And I don't want the team to be afraid of failure. I want the team to be afraid of failing twice at the same way. Yeah. Right? We've, got to, we've got to learn from those pieces. So you, you try to develop that piece so they can go run through, run through their day and we remove the barrier for them while they just go execute on those things. But We've leaned on the empathy layer quite a bit and, and showing 
how it impacts customers and team members. And it's been a, you just can't untell that story. People, people hear it most of the time. Yeah. Uh, I want to go back to some questions around your team. Uh, with your team, like, how, how does the team work? Like, like what's the model? Like, uh, you got developers under there? Is it just advocates? Hub and Spoke? Like, what's the, what's the organization there? Right. Yeah, neat. And so uh, do you want or do you allow like everyone in the team to go and speak with the stakeholders in different pods or different parts of the organization? Or is that something that uh, you take on yourself to keep like to bring the, the heavyweights or something like that? Like, how, how do you approach that? I don't want to limit people talking to anybody. Like, that's one thing, like let's, the freedom to, to talk. But when it comes to trying, like I like to break the ice. I like to go in and I'll bring in some of the team members to have that conversation with me. But that way I can break the ice and we can start the questions and then we point them in the right direction. But we do have other people on the team that, that, that we do roadshows all the time and go talk to stakeholders, go talk to partners and, and jump into those pieces. And some, sometimes those change uh, based off of what you're learning in the meeting to start with. Like, all right, we're going to go a different direction in this and how we help. Because there's so, much, there's so many different things that each company does out there. Everybody's got a social, social media impact somewhere. Everybody's creating some sort of digital content, whether it's you know, communication or a web session like that. So we've got to be agile in order to, to make sure that we're meeting those needs and can do that. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that, right now I'm thinking of some people in the organization who are those, you know, lone wolves right now. Maybe they just care. Maybe they're getting burned out from being that solo person caring about accessibility. I think, you know, uh, I, I cut my teeth in this industry at, at IBM, right? Like, you know, again, huge global company. Uh, I worked mostly in the financial areas for, for a long time. And so I'd always worked at that like large organization at scale. And yet I've, I speak to a lot of advocates who are those, you know, one practitioner inside an organization. They're like talking to the marketing team one day, the next day they're you know, helping out testers. And then the next day they're, they're, you know, helping write the new accommodation policy or something like that. And these are, are people who, you know, their passion's there, they care about it. And yet they're not really getting the support. Um, do you have any like real concrete tips for people like that? Like how do they, how, how would you advise somebody like that? Yeah, it's, that's a hard one. Cause I know, I know how hard they work. I, I've like, we've hired those people. I've talked to those people. Yeah. We've interacted with them throughout the industry and they, they work hard and it's, and I know the frustration as well. I think the one thing I always try to remind team and people is like the things that we're doing are good. It's good mm -hmm. for everybody, right? It's we're helping people. We're making an impact today. It may not feel like it in all the, the work that you're doing, but one, remember you're doing a, you're doing good here. And it's, that's the, the one thing to remember. Even when it gets tough, remember that. So making progress. I think you've got to limit sometimes your scope and what you're actually trying to accomplish. Yeah. Like figure out your outcomes 
And all right, let's address those outcomes and, and, and make some tactical movements to get there. Because you, as one person, you're not going to be able to boil the ocean at all. Right. And as a, t- as a team, you're not going to be able to boil the ocean. So what can you do to go get the advocates and help you need? Because there's partnerships in, in there around. Maybe you're a designer and you need some engineers. Like, let's go, let's go find some, some champions in there to get some engineers that can help us. Don't be the only voice. That's going to be what I start with. Don't be the only voice in the company and don't be the only voice in the team. Go get those people and those partners that you can do that. And then decide where you're going to get some quick wins so that you can show value in what's happening. Because the, there's a lot of hard stuff out there and you can try to do it all or you can just do the small things and get some good wins. That shows leadership that we're making progress. And then you can get more buy-in, you get more champions and you just grow that like a snowball. Yeah, I think that's so big. You know, like I said before, those allies, and you may not even know like who they are, where they are, just starting to ask that question and sharing your story as well. I think that's a really big one too. Why is this valuable to you? And volunteering to do things like hosting lunch and learns, like, you know, connecting your ERG, BRG groups. And it's tough if it's, if your company's only a startup, you know, group of a hundred people, that's a lot different conversation than if you're at a large global multinational company. Mm-hmm. But I think you have other advantages. I think smaller companies are way more agile and you just get one person who is willing to help you make that change. The the scale at which you can start to make changes is a, is a lot bigger than you would be, you know, finding only one other person at a, at a large organization like IBM or like Dell or something like that. Uh, do you recommend an overarching role like a chief accessibility officer for large programs? Or are you in the idea that smaller teams are, are better like a hub and spoke model or something like that? Like where, where do you, what do you kind of think of as an effective strategy for that? It's, it's a good question. And I think, I think it depends on, on the organization there. I, I like smaller and more agile teams. However, I think as it grows out, if, if, as a company gets more accessible and more inclusive in those things, I think you, you grow into that model, right? Cause it's not, you're not going to, st- most places don't have the ability to start with, you know, a chief accessibility officer. Yeah. They're going to have to start somewhere. So I think, I think you can grow that model and you've got to decide how that looks and what that partnership looks like across. Cause it's a partnership across the company now, once you get there. But you're, I think the start, you have to start small and then work your way into it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and I think that chief accessibility officer roles, I think people may, or organizations have brought them in in the past to just be, I don't want to use the word token, but I think it's like, well, we we don't know what to do here, so let's throw an accessibility chief, a chief accessibility officer in, and then they're responsible for for what like everything like like they're they're not the practitioner they should be the ones to lead the charge affect policy change and things like that but then they're not given the tools to do that because there's a disconnect between this chief accessibility officer who kind of sits up here and then all these like individual practitioners and there's no connection no link so i I've, i've definitely seen that in the past and it's hard to connect all those dots well, I think it's bigger than that. We've like accessibility is usually bucketed over by its side in every company, and it's this thing, but it's not. It, it, it's bigger than that. So having just a chief accessibility officer kind of it, it relegates that that role into something much smaller when you need way more buy-in than that. So I think you I think you expand that and come outside of that. Like let's just do a chief accessibility officer and do something as a larger organization, larger thing that that rolls up into and. Because you're trying to create that as an everyday practice. Yep. So why are we making this a solo silo thing over here? Yeah, yeah. As it should be embedded into everything. How how do you set an accessibility goal, an acceptable goal for accessibility? You know, 
the web content accessibility guidelines are a good start, but how much further is the goal and how do you know when you get there? Setting the goal that is achievable, but understanding that we're never, I, it's always improvement, right? Mm -hmm. Digital transformations, a constant improvement in what we're doing. And so getting people to understand, like, we want to constantly improve what we're doing because everything's changing. Finding the goal that you need to, that's going to address what you need in whatever region you are in the world is going to be important to do that. But for us, finding one that is, that meets all of those because global companies don't, they've, they've got AOTA, they've got Europe, they've got all these different places that they have to work to find one that works yeah. and don't worry about the other ones below it because you're going to, it's going to work in there. So start there and know that it's not a flip of the switch. That's the thing that you have to, to talk about is it's not a flip of the switch. And I know automation is a key in that piece, but then you've got to vocalize it. Automation doesn't cover everything. We want to get there, but it doesn't cover everything. And telling people that the industry struggles in some of these things, it's not just, it's not just, the small company or the big company that's doing it, that, that we're all fighting the same thing and keeping, keeping the advocates and other people. So you can understand, I've talked to a lot of companies asking questions. We've talked to them, like, how do we, how do we get there? What are your struggles and what's going on there? And sharing those, those battles that you're going on to is key and trying to find what's going to work in your situation and setting that goal. Yeah. I like that. And, and another thing I want to add is if you're struggling to set goals, if anyone listening is struggling to set goals inside their organization, I would look at other kind of parallel types of, of um, systems that also struggle with doing like innovation labs, classic. How do you, how do you quantify like how good an innovation lab is? Because sometimes they'll go through months of iterations with nothing mm -hmm. that, you know, the, you can't put a time on innovation. You can't force somebody to come up with new and creative ideas uh, at like the same way that you can do it. Like let's deliver this product at this time. Like it's a different type of system. I th say things like information security is another really good way. Like what are the goals in the organization for InfoSec? Is it zero hacks? Well, they don't really talk about that. They talk about process improvements. They talk about uh, integrating systems. They talk about, um, you know, refreshing and, and training and things like that. The goals that you can set around some of those, th those other parallels, um, uh, departments or or systems that you know traditionally don't have very concrete hard goals uh you know this goes back to what we were talking about before about we traditionally think of this as like a tech problem or a tech solution sometimes you got to be a bit creative in how you look at setting those goals too so uh hope that helps i'm not sure if you have anything to add to that it's a moving target yeah in, in those goals and understanding that it's not perfect but what you want to do in there set the goals that like you said solve System problems, process problems, and education problems. Yeah. Those are the things, especially in accessibility and security, those are things you're going to run into. And while you may not be perfect in those, you have the recipe to go get way better if you can saw, if you can really set your goals around those three things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you have one takeaway that you think that people should remember uh, before we leave the conversation today? Everything you're doing is is in a positive direction, right? All these things in accessibility and remember that you're 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 fighting a good fight and don't let the day-to-day -day struggle of either no's or pushback or any of the things like slow you down we all everybody is in a place somewhere we're all mentally healthy trying to get mentally healthy we're trying to walk through these pieces and we don't know what the other person is on the other side is going through and getting pushed through and just remember that we're helping them and i tell the team that all the time like hey y'all are doing a great job and we're helping people today and that's what we're trying to make the world better one click at a time. 
Yeah, I love that. I love that. Wasn't that a great episode? You probably have lots of new ideas swirling through your head right now. Now, how are you going to go and teach that to your boss, your team, or your clients? You need a strategy to move forward. Contact me today, hi at cambodwine.com, and let's talk about how we can move this forward in your organization or individual practice. If you could right now, like and subscribe to this show, it really does help grow our reach to get more people involved and interested in disability inclusion and making the world a more inclusive place. And don't forget, you can also watch this show live on LinkedIn. Just find me there. It's every Friday at noon Eastern. See you next week.